You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow, and you have season three. It is our first episode of season three, episode 55. There's always just one thing to do. Do you ever feel overwhelmed from your lists? You know, the to-do list, or even that figurative list of all the things I should or could be doing to improve my life or be more righteous. (laughs) Yeah, that list. (laughs) How long is it? How far have you gotten on that list? If you're anything like me or anyone else I know, those lists are nearly always on our minds, often the source of misery or overwhelm or even procrastination. They start out with good intention and can quickly be the reason that we get discouraged or even stuck. Today's episode, we're going to learn the truth about how there's always just one thing to do. Truly, there is. You feel better already? (laughs) Excited to get into this encouraging topic. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity, available on Amazon and filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Now that I am done doing season two, which was the audio version of my book, I'm so excited to get back into having a review of the week. This is something that I really missed in season two. So we're coming back. Today's review of the week comes from Jonathan Burroughs. He says, I'm a husband and a father of three young kids. Yes, Brooke, you have male listeners. If I said this podcast has saved my life, that would be an understatement. In fact, I'm purchasing her book, Living in Your True Identity, for Father's Day. Brooke is passionate, she is motivational, and she is inspired. I love her Christ-centered approach to delivering real strategies to improving your life. I just listened to the podcast that delves into creating your team. Brooke talks about identifying your trigger thought that hurls you into a downward spiral. My trigger thought is when I tell myself, you can't do this. I am a competitive and prideful person by nature. Don't tell me I can't do something because I just might prove you wrong. When other people say it can't be done, I move mountains to prove it can be done. But the moment I tell myself or believe that I can't do it, I'm paralyzed everything falls to pieces. It's why I love this episode so much. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. I have a team and the captain of my team is led by Christ. Thanks, Brooke. Keep up the wonderful work. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Jonathan. I think you are officially my first male reviewer that I know of at least. So I'm so grateful for you and that you've had and experienced and benefited from these messages. And I love that you have taken this into action in your own life. Jonathan is referring to episode 34, Why You Need a Team. And that is a fabulous episode and it's helpful in learning the trigger thought that you personally have that causes your downward spiral. And it's gonna be different for each of us. That's the really interesting thing. But once you recognize what that thought is for you, you can take action that you need to avoid the downward spiral for you. So thank you so much, Jonathan, for your encouragement, support, your words. 
your review and bringing the importance of that trigger thought back to our attention. Keep up the great work. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and your reviews and your shares, this is what makes this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Friend, I am so thrilled to start a new season with you. And I hope that you've enjoyed listening to the audio of my book. You know, it's funny because probably about 10 episodes before I started doing season two, my book podcast, I read a book by Andy Stanley called Communicating for a Change. And Andy Stanley is a mega church pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. He is an incredible teacher and speaker. And everyone wanted to know what his secrets were to these memorable and moving sermons that he gives. And so he wrote a book all about it, Communicating for a Change. This is the book I read. And I'll link to that in the show notes for any of you who are interested in checking that out. And you want to know what his biggest secret was? What was it that makes his sermons stick with people? What is it that makes his message cause real actionable change in people's lives? How is it that he's able to be such a powerful communicator? So in his book, he reveals the secret and it's what he calls the power of the one point message. Basically his message, his talk, his sermon only has one point. Even if his sermon is an hour long on Sunday, it will have one point. You won't hear him give a speech on the three ways to increase your faith or the five things we can do to improve our relationship with God. Nope. <laughs> you will come away with one thing. And he says that as he's writing his sermon, if, if there are three things that he feels called to talk about on a particular topic, then he simply creates a series covering each point, one sermon at a time over the course of three weeks. You will always get a one point message from Andy Stanley. And amazing things happen from these one point messages. First of all, it's a lot easier to remember one thing than a list of things. And second of all, it's a lot easier to change one thing in your life than a list of things. The reason his sermons have been so powerful in leading people to change their lives is because they come away inspired to improve only one thing. I was fascinated by this concept. So immediately after reading it, I started to implement into my podcast episodes. I worked really hard to only have one point to my message. And I loved it. It was so thrilling and freeing to see the power of the one point message. And then I started season two, where I read you my book chapters from my book as episodes. And it was hilariously no longer a one point message. Have you ever had the experience of reading a self-help book or attending a conference or a retreat with several speakers? Or hey, maybe it's even binge listening to a podcast or several podcasts all at once. Have you done that and just loved how gloriously inspired all the messages were? You knew in the moment of listening, 
that if you did all these things, that it would totally change your life. And yet nothing changed. You didn't actually move forward. You didn't actually change anything or implement anything at all. Too many things, even good things, is overwhelming. Too many things is hard to change, let alone implement. Too many things starts to feel really hard and really big. Too many things starts to feel like it would be easier to just do nothing and to stay right where you're at. The same is true for our to-do list. Have you ever felt that way about your to-do list? Too many things is overwhelming. Too many things starting to feel really hard and really big. Too many things starts to feel like it would be easier to just do nothing and stay right where you're at. This past week felt like that for me. I was trying to squeeze in several projects that were on top of my normal day-to-day responsibilities. And not to mention, I was traveling out of town to speak at a conference. I got home late Saturday night. Sunday morning, I had to prepare to substitute for primary in addition to my regular calling. Oh yeah, and also compose an arrangement of music for a choir practice later that afternoon that I haven't even started yet. I needed to write it, print it, assemble it, and then come home from that practice to host a birthday party. When we pulled in the garage after church that afternoon, I think I had a deer in the headlights look on my face. And my husband said, what can I do to help? And I just looked at him and I said, all I want to do is take a nap and cry. (laughs) So he said, then do that. I just stared at him and I said, when? After I do the next 10 things that need to be done? Now, I am fully aware that my list is full of awesome opportunities, all of which I committed to of my own free will and choice. But too many things is still overwhelming. Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever felt overwhelmed from the list? Have you ever felt overwhelmed from everything everyone needs from you? Have you ever felt overwhelmed at the figurative list of everything you need to change or do better at in your life? What happens when you feel that way? Oftentimes, we don't do the list and instead we procrastinate. We seek relief from the stressful looming list by escaping to social media or Netflix. Or if you're weird like me, you suddenly get a hankering to organize a drawer or cupboard. (laughs) Something that is so not on the list of fires to put out, but it takes my mind off the big looming list of whatever it is. In the book, The Now Habit, author Neil Fiore coaches readers how to overcome procrastination. He asks you to imagine there was a two foot wide plank of wood lying on the ground that was 20 feet long. He asks, if I were to ask you to walk across the plank lying there on the ground, would you be able to do it? Well, of course, that would be easy. And then he says, what if I were to raise that same plank of wood between two high rise buildings in the city? Now, of course, most of us wouldn't even think of crossing the suspended plank at all. Yet moments earlier, we had no problem walking across it while it was lying on the ground. 
It wasn't like it was a tightrope or anything. There's plenty of room to balance. We just walk right across. But something dramatic happens to our brains when we perceive the same plank elevated so high up. He mentioned that this is what we do to ourselves in our minds when we procrastinate. We're putting something off because we have created it to be an impossible task in our mind. We've elevated it to be so far out of reach, so far out of perspective, that we don't act at all. Just like Andy Stanley's powerful one-point sermons, we benefit immensely in life from simplifying. People leave Andy Stanley's sermon feeling like they can walk across the plank because it's lying on the ground. He didn't elevate it 100 feet in the air by asking anyone to do or remember or change 100 things. He only invited people to do one thing. When our to-do lists loom with the same overwhelm, there's a really wonderful trick for lowering the plank back to the ground. Just do one thing. Byron Katie talks about this in her book, Loving What Is. Katie has a process she calls doing the dishes. She says, we never receive more than we can handle. And there is always just one thing to do. Dishes need to be done, do them. Phone call needs to be made, make it. There's always just one thing to do. We just need to slow down, step back, and ask ourselves what the next most important thing right now is, and then do it. We raise the plank when we're thinking of all the things. There's always just one thing to do. So how did I move forward on Sunday? Well, I think there's a lot to be said for listening to those tiny needs that we express. I actually went and took a nap. It was only for 10 minutes, time that I didn't think I had when the plank was 100 feet in the air. But when I asked myself, what is the next one thing I need to do? That deep desire surfaced again. There's always just one thing to do. And that was it. Resting, taking a nap for 10 minutes would help me feel like I met one of my deepest desires and have the confidence and energy to then move on to the next thing. I took a 10 minute nap and then I printed music and then I went to the rehearsal and then I came home and made dinner and then hosted a birthday party. One thing at a time. But when I was thinking of all the things at once, I felt near paralyzed. Like I was standing on the plank elevated between two sky rise buildings. As soon as I focused on only one thing, only the next thing that I'm able to do right now, I was able to lower the plank to the ground and walk across. There's always just one thing to do. We can't do more than one thing at a time anyway. <laughs> when we are thinking and ruminating well beyond the one thing, we're no longer present. We're instead fearful and overwhelmed at the future that hasn't even happened yet. 
when we just do the one thing that needs doing, we're present. The adversary knows how to raise that plank mighty fast. Perhaps you've attended church, and instead of coming home with the one thing to do this week to improve your life, you got the list of 100, and the plank is so high, you feel discouraged, and you fear you'll never be able to walk forward. Whether it's crossing off the tasks on our to-do list, or it's changing our habits on our everything we need to be doing better at list, the concept is the same. There's always just one thing to do. Happily, this isn't just a feel-good mental trick. The Lord designed us to learn and grow this way. This is the Lord's pattern. He has told us time and time again that he will give unto the children of men line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. And blessed are those who hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear unto my counsel, for they shall learn wisdom. For unto him that receiveth, I will give more. Line upon line. <laughs> One thing at a time, here a little and there a little. He doesn't expect us to do 10 lines at a time or improve or change 10 things at the same time. If he did, that would be his pattern. But it's not his pattern. He gives line upon line. He tells us the next step. Revelation is given in an order. You get line one before you get line 10, or more accurately, you get line one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine before you get line 10. There's always just one thing to do. We're never given more than we can handle, but we will quickly believe we've been given more than we can handle if we go beyond the one thing. There's always just one thing to do. In the opening story of the Book of Mormon, Lehi is commanded to take his family and flee into the wilderness. The Lord gave him line one. He didn't tell him line five, which was to go back to Jerusalem and get the brass plates, or maybe line 10, which was go back again to Jerusalem and get Ishmael's family. It may have seemed a whole lot more convenient to check that list off all at once while they were there the first time, but chances are it would have also been more than they could handle and most certainly felt like the plank was far too high. Instead, just as the Lord always does, he gave one line at a time. There's always just one thing to do. Isn't that a relief? Doesn't that feel more doable? Doesn't that feel more empowering? So my friend, next time you feel overwhelmed from your to-do list or even your inspiration list of all the things that you want to improve, I invite you to just take a breath and ask what is the next one thing? God wants us to be able to move forward. 
He has even told us that it can be easy. He does not raise the plank a hundred feet in the air. Instead, he keeps it grounded so you have support and balance. One of the most powerful questions you can ask him is, what is the next step? What is the next one thing I need to do? Wonderfully, this is a question you will always get an answer for, always. How come? Because it fits perfectly within his pattern, line upon line. Imagine your life just doing the next one thing and look forward with faith. Do you listen to these episodes and love what you hear and wonder the next one thing you could do to start moving forward with the things I teach? I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day. I use it for so many things, including knowing what my next one thing needs to be. Meditation has completely changed my life, but the key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40-day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. Starting a new habit and even more so being consistent with it can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I am cheering you on.